This call is being recorded. Welcome to the welcome to the Royer Cooper uh, Opportunity Zone update call for February twentieth. Um, thank you for all for dialing in, and uh, you know, particularly given given some of the weather issues that we're having, I know at least for me and myself, um, uh, my kids are all from school now, and it's been a bit of a hectic morning. So thank you all for making it, and uh, hopefully you're getting through. Um, so our special guest today is, uh, is Jeff Smith from good friend of the firm, Eisner Amper. Um, Eisner is a full service accounting firm here in Philadelphia nationwide. Um, Jeff's specialty is, uh, on the real estate practice and particularly dealing with, um, Um, so I, I'm not sure if we're having some technical difficulties or not. Uh, if you could, uh, please email somebody oz at rccblaw.com. Jeff, can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay, great. Yeah, no, I, I suppose it works fine. Sorry about that. We've had a little bit of trouble getting started this morning, but, um, but anyway, so, uh, I hope you all can hear me. If, if you're having trouble hearing, please email oz at rccblaw.com. Um, and again, sorry about that. But, uh, so our guest today is Jeff Smith from, from Eisner Amper. Um, he's in the real estate practice and particularly helps uh, clients develop real estate and operate real estate with the use of tax credit incentives. Um, and uh, we're excited to have Jeff. He was also a participant um, last week with my colleague Layla in a seminar that we conducted with Eisner. So um, good friend of the firm. We're really happy to have him. Very smart guy. Um, just a couple of kind of housekeeping and, and general uh, points to, to kick off before we turn it over to Jeff and get the conversation started. Um, again, if you have questions at any time during the call, uh, whether they're about pairing Opportunity Zone benefits with tax credits or anything else related, our email address for questions is oz at rccblaw.com. Um, we're happy to distribute Jeff's contact info after the call if you have questions and, uh, and we'll go from there. Um, so again, I guess just to start, uh, Jeff, I gave a brief, a brief background on yourself, but are you able to kind of tell everybody on the call, you know, what, what Eisner's role is and how you guys are dealing with uh, opportunity zones generally and, and how you fit in at the firm? Sure. So thank sure. So so thanks for having me and and good morning everybody. Um, so so um, so we are a a full service um, national um, accounting firm. Um, and as Dustin had indicated, um, I'm in the tax practice, specializing 
in the real estate area. We have a, a full service real estate group um, who um, advises and consults um, real estate professionals, uh, whether it be it in commercial or residential spaces, um, um, as as well as those investors looking for for tax credits. Um, so um, our our group does consist of 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 uh, of many professionals who 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 service who service different areas of uh, of real estate, be it be it commercial, residential, construction, home builders, etc. Um, so so we have a full um, range of of uh, of real estate experience and and resources um, within the firm. Is that good, Dustin? Yeah, no, that's helpful. Um, that's helpful. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's a there's obviously a hodgepodge on all these calls of uh, of different familiarities with um, the benefits of uh, opportunity zones and in the opportunity zone program. So I'll just kind of give a very very high level brief overview to get us started, and then we can um, you know we can talk about and it'll dovetail nicely into uh, into some of the other tax credits that um, and tax incentives that uh, that you all are working on. Um, so without going too far into the details. Um, you know, at a high level, what the Opportunity Zone program is intended to do is incentivize investment, private investment, into uh, what Congress and uh, the Treasury saw as underdeveloped areas. And the way they chose to do that was with tax benefits. So if somebody rolls, an investor rolls a capital gain, what I, what I mean by that, by rolls, is, is, you know, disposes of a capital asset that gives rise to a capital gain. And then within 180 days, invest the proceeds of that capital gain into an opportunity fund, which is a special purpose fund kind of set up, you know, to invest in these in these areas um, subject to a whole bunch of rules. Then that investor will get, you know, three tax benefits. Uh, one is deferral on that capital gain until the year 2026. So if you sell your your asset for you know $100 gain today, you don't pay tax in 2019. You pay tax in 2026 on that. Second, if you hold it for uh, if you hold the investment in the opportunity zone um, for at least uh, five years, 10% of that pre-existing capital gain is forgiven. And if you hold it for seven years, then 15% of that capital gain is forgiven. So that if you uh, undertook that transaction, you know, sold your capital asset in 2019 invested the, the gain into um, an opportunity fund in 2026, you would meet the seven year hold and you would only pay tax on say 85, 85 cents on the dollar instead of hundred cents on the dollar. And then thirdly, the big benefit of a, of a investment in um, an opportunity zone is that if you hold the investment for 10 years, the capital gain that accrues in the zone or in the fund not in the pre-existing capital gain, but the appreciation after you invest into the fund. If you hold it for 10 years, that's going to be tax-free completely whenever you sell. Um, and again, there's a whole bunch of kind of rules and nuance and all that stuff, but but those are the three big benefits. Deferral, partial exemption on pre-existing capital gain, and you know permanent exemption on a 10-year hold for um, capital gain in the zone. <clears throat> so that leads kind of nicely to, you know, these funds are being set up to invest in all kinds of things. I mean, it's very broad what you can do under the statute. And that means, you know, and, and obviously investors are uh, at least partially tax driven and, and tax motivated and induced by these tax benefits. So 
that leads nicely to kind of pairing tax um, opportunity zones with all these other incentives that, that Jeff and Eisner Amper work on pretty frequently. So I guess my, my first question, Jeff, would be, you know, which tax incentives do you see frequently and, and which ones kind of pair very easily and naturally with, um, with opportunity zone investments? Sure. So, 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 so when I think of, of what, what tax credits, you know, are out there, you know, that are, that, that can be paired with, with these QZ benefits. Um, I think about the low income housing tax credit, the new markets tax credit, the, the, the historic rehab tax credit, and even um, research and development tax credits, because, you know, when, when we think of QOZ, you know, um, opportunities, it, it doesn't, it doesn't um, apply only to real estate. It, 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 it applies to non, to non real estate type businesses. Um, so, so, so our, so, so R and D credits can, 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 can potentially, you know, be, be applicable here. And, and then as well as um, the solar investment tax credits, which are, which are still out there um, for, for taxpayers, uh, you know, it seems that um, the, the new market tax credit um, is, is, is closely aligned to the QOZ benefit because it's based upon the same footprint, albeit it, you know, it's, it's, it's set to expire again in 2019, um, I, I believe is the date. Um, the low income housing tax credit um, also seems like a viable um, uh, on credit though, with that, with, with that credit, you know, that as, as most of us know, it is limited to residential real estate, you know, not, not commercial. So, but still it, it, it may pair nicely with, with the QOZ, um, benefit. And, and one thing to keep in mind with all these credits is that these are stackable, right? So they're not like, it, like, you know, like like these are in addition to the the QOZ benefits, so so it, that's one thing to keep to keep in mind. Yeah, are you able to kind of give um, you know our callers are are some of them are familiar with real estate more than others and, and different types of real estate and, and to your point you know different types of uh, investment generally. Are you able to kind of give a, a very brief overview of how all those various tax credit programs work? I guess starting with maybe low income. Right. So. So, 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 so the low income housing tax credit just from a high level is, is, it is available for residential, for residential real property. Um, um, there are tax credits that are, are um, allocated um, um, uh, to, you know, to taxpayers and, and, and basically used over a certain period of time, usually a 10 year, 10 to 15 year period. Um, the new markets tax credits, um, there's, there's a certain dollar amount, um, that, that that's approved by the federal government. So it's up to 3.5 billion of, of, of credits. Um, and, and this program is set to, you know, like I said, it's set to expire, um, in 2019, um, with the new market tax credit, you, you have to apply for it, but it's, but it's aligned similarly to how the, the opportunity zones were 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 designed, meaning that that um, um, it's it's based upon a, a certain percentage of 
of, of low income tracks in these zones. Um, um, so, so, so it, it, it just seems like a natural fit. There's, you know, there are some businesses that, um, that are, are, are not permitted um, under both the new market and the opportunity zone programs, um, meaning that they have similar uh, restrictions. Um, and what else? Um, uh, um, the, the solar investment tax credit applies to to, to investments um, in certain solar property, um, and and the credits based upon um, um, on construction um, that that begins in 2020 or 2021, um, and and the credits could be limited to a certain percentage of the. Uh, of your basis in that eligible solar property. Um, let's see, what else is there besides those? Um, uh, and, and historic, um, historic you started to mention as well. Oh, right, r right. So so um, historic tax credits, you know, based upon certain, you know, structures that are designated as, you know, you know, historic type um, uh, um, buildings. Um, again, it, it, it's a you know um, um, application process that that you have to go through. I am not as familiar with the historic tax part. That that's my my focus is more in, like around the low, the 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 low income tax and the um, new market tax credits. Yeah, and and you started to say this with respect to new markets, but but it also applies for historics. Um, you know, I guess there's there's a lot of overlap. Um, well, I guess a couple of things, you know, one is each, each project is different, right? You know, some of these projects qualify for some of these projects, like you said, you know, if you're doing a, perhaps a multifamily, um, and that, that might lend itself nicely to a low income tax credit, uh, qualification. Um, but, you know, some of these, including new markets and historic tax credit require, um, government approval, right? With more of a subjective test based on, um, for new markets, kind of economic impact, how many jobs are going to be created, that that sort of thing. That's his, correct. You know, whether it's uh, consistent with, um, you know, the historic character of the building and whether it, it adequately preserves kind of the historic character of the building or the neighborhood and that kind of stuff. So um, it's important to kind of know and, and compare to the Opportunity Zone program, which is really automatic, right? If you do what the statute says, which is invest in the zone and and, uh, and you know, have substantial enough substantial improvement property or original use property, then you're just gonna qualify. You don't need to actually show any kind of economic impact or, or rely on government subjectivity or anything like that. So, you know, there's a lot of overlap in these programs, right? But you really need to know the details of, of each and every single one and what you're likely to qualify for and, and get somebody involved early, I guess, right? To, to help it. Well, that's right. Yes, yep. we yes, be, yes, because you know, with with the Q, with the QOZ program, you know, it's designed to be as less government intrusive as as these other type of credit programs, right? Whereas you have to with these other credit programs, you have to apply, get approved, um, and 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 in some cases, the you know, the the states um, with with like with the low income tax credit, the, in, in the states are are administrating the, that that program. Um, where you know, so 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 with with the credit programs, there like there's more government involvement. There, there there's more uh, requirements that that taxpayers have to meet to obtain those those credits. Um, where whereas with this new QOZ program, 
less government involvement because um, uh, uh, it, it, it's really a, a business friendly type of, of program, um, meaning that, 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 that once a, a QO is, um, a, a qualified opportunity fund begins, um, it, it, it self certifies itself. And so mm-hmm. there's, 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 there's less, there, there's less requirements that it has to, 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 you know, to, um, um, report to the federal government, um, in order to, 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 to achieve these benefits. So that's, so, so that's the big distinction here. Um, but with that said, that doesn't mean anything is, 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 is subject to loss. It, 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 you know, that's why when I said that these are stackable, we have your, your benefits. And, and so if you can, so these credits, you know, can, can potentially be paired nicely with these benefits because, because, because with the QOZ part, you know, they're, there's none there's very little of the same restrictions as you get with with these credit programs yeah yeah and you also started to mention the r d credits which um which which is interesting because you know unlike most of these other credits which are really real estate focused r d credits is more on the operating business side right 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 yes yes and 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 that you know you know that would apply in the context of uh, you know if 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 a taxpayer is operating a business um, in a zone that and is 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 or 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 could qualify for um, R and D type of expend expenditures, right? You know, you know the, those type of expenses that 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 create some sort of innovative, um, you know, um, product or technique or whatever the case may be. You know, um, um, then 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 those credits could potentially apply to that business on which are then will would be on top of any any QOZ benefits that that business would get you know so yeah yeah and, and I guess the, the types of businesses that that qualify for R&D credits are actually pretty broad but I think most people you know and probably the companies that have the easiest time qualifying are you know software development, medical device development, things things like that that have a technology technology excuse me and, and kind of a, an experimentation um, aspect to them kind of as part of their business model. Um, yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. And and in my experiences, um, um, things that you wouldn't necessarily think would qualify do qualify, right? It's it's it, it's really a broad definition of 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 um, of you know what constitutes you know research and development you know so yeah not not to turn this into an R&D discussion but yes that that's that's uh it's it it like there is a broad definition there so yeah yeah and it's interesting you know some of the overlap um like uh university city basically all of university city is um an opportunity zone and you know there's plenty of uh, accelerators and things like that where you would expect, you know, that those types of companies are the types of companies that, to your point, I mean, it is broader, but those types of companies are definitely doing R&D. And, um, you know, remember a couple of years ago, Congress changed the R&D credit so that you can use it in uh, payroll tax, payroll tax liability. So, you know, you could certainly kind of at a high level envision a scenario where um, an early stage company, you know, is paying out wages to develop uh, technology and using that credit to stave off their payroll tax liability 
And as the company grows and, you know, in the exit, um, they, they might have the opportunity zone benefit as well and really hit a home run. Um, yes. Okay. So have you seen um, the typical uh, or a common, I should say, um, structure for tax credit investment is to have kind of a tax equity investor. Um, and I guess this is a, a two-part question. What, you know, can you kind of explain what that structure looks like generally? Um, and then also explain if there's been an appetite, you know, in terms of opportunity zones, pairing opportunity zone benefits with credits, whether that, that typical structure is, is, has been modified or adapted for opportunity zone use? Sure. So, so, so um, the most common structure is, you know, that I have, that I see is is the partnership, you know, type of structure where you have a where you have one percent general partner who's usually the developer, right? Um, and like in the real estate context, and then and then you have all your limited partners being the ninety nine percent, right? And and so that's 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 the the really co the common structure that I, that I I see at least in the partnership context. Um, um, as far as going forward, you know, with, 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 with QOZ, you know, um, I, I, and I still see, um, um, the, the same structure applying, um, you know, uh, be, because under the QOZ rules, it, if you, you know, um, in, in, if you invest this through a fund, then the fund itself can, can be either you know, like a partnership or a C corporation. Um, C corporations, I, I haven't seen many people, at least from the real estate side, do this through through, through C corporations, just because of the inefficiency of, of that tax tax structure in in trying to pull pull money out, you know, of of the entity. Um, but but I think pre pre and post, I I still think that. That, that that the most tax advantageous um, structure um, for for equity investments is it is going to be the, the this partnership you know structure where you have you know your your developer or sponsor in at one percent and, and then you have all your other limited investors you know on 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 that side. Yeah, I. I and, and even though there's still some unanswered questions, you know, the, the investors are typically going to want the pass through of, uh, of losses and things like that, that, that a partnership provides that, um, you know, corporation obviously wouldn't. Um, I guess on, you know, sometimes you see in, in more complex deals where, um, where clients really want to get the full use of their uh, credit. You know, they might bring in a taxable C corp, like a big company or something, as a as a tax equity investor specifically, um, yes, because that avoids things like passive activity losses, right? Yes, yes, yes. And then something like a flip, where you know they get quite a few allocation of credits and and most of the allocation of of, of activity in the first few years, and then after the credits burn off, maybe a, a much smaller percentage um, of of uh, income and loss going forward. Um, I guess just thinking out loud, uh, you know that that equity investor is not likely to get a big bang for their buck in terms of um, in terms of opportunity zone benefits, but but it'll really decrease everybody else's cost of capital just as if in a regular deal, really, right? Or right. An opportunity zone deal, right? because you know they're yeah. they make efficient use of those credits. So maybe yep. it doesn't look that different um, in that respect. 
Um, okay, well, uh, we're starting to wrap up here. Again, our, our email address, if anybody has questions before we wrap up, is oz at rccblaw.com. Um, I guess just, you know, one, one overarching question, uh, Jeff, is, is whether there's anything that, you know, our, our callers should know about Eisner's uh, tax credit practice, um, you know, when it comes to opportunity zones or anything else. Well, I, I, I think with with this new opportunity zone um, legislation, it's definitely made people take a, a second look at 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 whether or not these credits are more valuable to an investor now, right? Um, you know, or worth more, if you will, because of the because of the OZ benefits, right? That that are on top of, right? And so, so, so we've been taking a look. I'll look at this uh, a little bit more in detail for, for, for some of our clients and um, uh, just trying to get a sense, you know, from, from, you know, from, like from the marketplaces is, is, you know, is, is any of this stuff, you know, becoming more valuable. And now there, there's still un, unanswered questions that, 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 um, that hopefully may, may get answered in, in final regulations, but um in terms of how these credit programs are, are going to work with the, with the OZ, you know, benefits, but, but, but we, you know, as, as a firm, as a, as a, and in, in our tax credit practice group are taking a close look at all this stuff to see, you know, where, where the value is for, like for an investor. So um, that's what we're, that's what we're working on. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. I, I guess we're kind of seeing, we're having similar experiences. Um, where uh, a client or a potential client might call about opportunity zones and, and it's just not really consistent with their business objective, but it, it certainly gives them, um, you know, or gives us an opportunity to talk to them about other incentives that are more appropriate for them and structuring that, you know, makes a lot more sense with their business objective. So that's, that's a great point. Anything, anything that spurs um, clients to do some tax planning earlier and, uh, and, you know, with a little bit more attention is, is a great thing in my view. So I, I agree with you. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. It looks like, uh, we, we don't have any questions. Um, and I think that's probably it for the call today. Um, thank you again, uh, Jeff, uh, we will distribute out Jeff's contact info. If you have any questions at all about, um, you know, how these tax credit programs work in conjunction with the opportunity zone program, feel free to reach out to Jeff or us and we'll, we'll loop them in. And, uh, thank you again for, for helping us with the call. No, and no, thank you for having me. And, and I hope everyone has a great rest of the day in this snow. So <laughs> yeah, it's starting to come down out there. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Yeah. Okay. Thanks.